the major challenge with the mining industry is uh, the imperative of growth. You've got to replace the ore body that we are mining with uh, equally world-class and an equally competitive ore body, and the team have done uh, uh, great work in uh, focusing on uh, uh, the growth of the company, but also to make sure that we build a track record of having been a, a responsible allocator of capital, and more importantly, having uh, uh, the capital allocation result in the creation of value for our shareholders. It excites me that uh, Armin and many of the companies in the mining industry can uh, uh, deliver good results and, <clears throat> and uh, maintain the global confidence in, in the mining industry. We, we've learned over the years and uh, there are times when things are fine and we've got to invest and, and also look after our shareholders as well as all our other stakeholders, the communities that live near our operations, uh, the, the workers, uh, as well as the, the obligations we have to inclusivity and to make sure that uh, the mining industry contributes to uh, a globally competitive industry because for the mining industry in South Africa to continue to be globally competitive is critically, critically important and also to ensure that we work with all stakeholders, with government, to continue to create an environment that is globally competitive. The importance of diversification comes to the fore in environments like these. And the one other mineral that we have spoken about previously and that we are looking at very seriously is, uh, is copper. And uh, we're looking at some opportunities, but you've got to be very careful that particularly when you've got free cash, that uh, the allocation of that free cash is, is uh, not only responsible, but creates significant value. All right, we are back for our season finale of How to Acquire Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Moultrie. And on this third season of How to Acquire Podcast, we have been reviewing... Uh, some of the black billionaires around the world and learning about what they are currently doing that we can learn from them on how to acquire. Aren't we excited about this? We've put together 10 episodes. After this episode will be 10 episodes. And we've studied some of the smartest, the brightest, the intelligent, the resourceful, those who have persevered and hopefully you've caught a lot of the gems that we've had in these episodes. And on today's episode, it brings us to, I didn't realize he had a doctor in front of his name, but here says Dr. Patrice Otisepe. And I want to say this, the poor teach their children how to buy, the rich teach their children how to sell, and the wealthy. Oh, yes, the wealthy. The wealthy teach their children how to acquire. Now, for many people, they can't get past this idea of the children part. Is it, is it just, you know, your immediate family? Is it just the kids that you birth, right? 
Well, I guess it's all up into interpretation. But for me, when I hear that quote, I see it as the people around you and your tribe. What are they teaching you to do? Whenever I'm scrolling through social media and looking at business pages, I'm always looking at it with a fine tooth comb. I'm trying to see what are they trying to teach me? If I were to join their tribe, what would my future look like? Are they teaching me to buy? Are they teaching me to sell? Or are they teaching me how to acquire? Why is this important? Because the choices you make become your destiny. Now, I will say this. The places where they're teaching you how to buy, oh, the crowds are large. Oh, the crowds line up to learn how they can be consumers. I mean, millions and millions and millions of people are lining up every day to go to the mall, to go online, the the different shopping excursions, Prime Day, uh, the flea markets, the uh, Black Fridays. I mean, all these different shopping days out of the year, the Memorial Day sales, the the holiday sales, the federal holiday this. You can make money. uh, You can get a sale here. The world want you to buy. Yes, they do. The world wants you to buy. And then when they're not teaching you how to buy, then they're saying, hey, let me show you how to sell so people can buy from you. And that crowd is a little bit smaller than the buy crowd. Right? The buy crowd is just damn near everybody. And that's what the poor teach their children. The poor teach their children how to buy. The rich teach their children how to sell. And in that group of people, it is a little bit more prestigious. Because if you can master sales, then you can be on Wall Street, you can, I mean, you can do really great things. You can really, you can really convince a nation to do anything. And that's what a lot of people do. A lot of your greatest speakers are teaching people how to sell. And most times what they're teaching them how to sell is themselves. The personality, the charisma, and people fall in love with it, man. It's just, it's, it can be an awesome thing. But the wealthy, oh yes, the wealthy. They teach their children how to acquire. Now, what's the difference? Why does this all matter? See, in the how to acquire circle, is a lot smaller. It's a lot smaller to learn how to acquire businesses, how to acquire assets, how to acquire real estate. 
And not only is it a lot smaller of people doing that, it's also a lot smaller of people who are willing to teach it. Because see, you're not truly wealthy unless you're willing to teach others the game. That's the thing here. You can you could have acquired real estate, you could have acquired companies, you could have acquired everything. But if I knock on your door and I say, hey, I want to be part of your tribe. If I knock on that door and I say, hey, can you teach me how to acquire? Some of those people are not going to teach you. And the moment they do that, they no longer become wealthy. They go down to being rich because they didn't give the game back. On this episode and all the previous episodes, I want you to look at how we taught you how to acquire. So, Patrice Motosepe, let's do a deep dive and see where this takes us. For those who have been listening to all the episodes, you know that these episodes are inspired by Black billionaires, but it's not necessarily like a biography, right? We don't want to learn the life of each individual person. We can pick a little bit from everyone, and then we get to learn how to acquire. There's something that they're going to teach us. So here we are, Patrice Motosepe. This is on Forbes.com. He has a net worth, a real-time net worth of $2.6 billion as of today. It says here, Patrice Motosepe, the founder and chairman of African Rainbow Minerals, became a billionaire in 2008, the first Black African on the Forbes list. Wow, I did not know that. I didn't know he was the first one. In 2016, he launched a private equity firm, African Rainbow Capital, focused on investing in Africa. Nice, I didn't know this either. Mosesepe also has a stake in San Lam, a listed financial services firm, and is the president and owner of Mamelody Sundowns Football Club. In March 2021, Mosesepe was elected president of the Confederation of African Football, the sports governing body on the continent. In 1994, he became the first black partner at law firm Bowman Gilfin in Johannesburg and then started a mining service contracting business. In 1997, he bought low producing gold mine shafts, later turned them profitable. So that is the summary of Patrice Motisipe. And here's some other facts. Source of wealth, mining, and being self-made. We know we're not accepting self-made. He's God-made. Johannesburg, South Africa is his uh, location. And then they talk about his family. In 2013, the mining magnate was the first African to sign Bill Gates and Warren Buffett's giving pledge, promising to give at least half his fortune to charity. Well, I didn't know that. Motosepe benefited from South Africa's Black economic empowerment laws, mandating that companies be at least 26% Black-owned to get a government mining license. Oh, wow. Well, ain't that something? So he, so that law went in place, and then that's how he ended up uh, becoming the first Black partner at the law firm in 94. 
And that's when he started working in the mining industry and he bought low producing gold mines and he turned them profitable. That's dope. An opportunity. That's why laws are so important. A lot of us are running out here thinking that we can just do it ourselves, but it also matters with how the governments are operating within the game that's being played. Because if there's laws in place that are specifically restricting you from access, that could create an environment that could lower your chances of being the best version of yourself. So that's awesome that Patrice Montesepe took advantage of it. Because it's one thing for the law to change, and it's another thing for you to then act on it. I love someone who can really take action, right? Uh, so let's, let's listen a little bit further into what Patrice Montesepe is saying, and then let's kind of dive into some of the key points that we found. Current and future cruise projects, two rivers, Marensky project, additional 182,060 PGMs, uh, 1,600 tons of nickel and 1,300 tons of copper per annum. Plan commissioning is in the second quarter of financial uh, year 2023. Two Rivers plant expansion. There's a Madiqua Chrome recovery plant, BlackRock and Gloria. And uh, uh, the slide speaks for itself, but we, are, we continue to assess and reassess value-enhancing internal and acquisition growth opportunity. And we find that sometimes the best growth of opportunities are, uh, are internal. Our safety and health record continues to be good and we have to there's a focus to ensure that that uh, the commitment to zero fatalities becomes a reality we've been operating in a COVID era and the management team and the approximately 25,000 employees at arm at all of our operations did a an excellent job in uh, complying with the strict COVID-19 protocol. The headline earnings increased by 134% to a record 5 billion, driven mainly by INO and PGM operations. We're excited to declare an interim dividend of 10 rands per share, which is 100% higher than the corresponding interim period. All right. So that was a really great video of, uh, from Patrice Motosepe. Uh, detailing uh, the current state of his company. This was last year. So it's pretty recent. I'm sure numbers have changed a little bit over the last year. Um, but that is an awesome kind of a breakdown of all the different things they're investing in. They talked about copper and nickel and the different minerals. Um, and that's one of the places I want to start. I want to start here, African Rainbow Minerals. I've never pulled this website up. That's what I really like about this podcast is I actually do things that I always say, oh, yeah, I need to look up that and look into it. This is my time where I get to research it. And then if I find certain things, I'll come back. Um, so let's look at it. African Rainbow Minerals. Wow, here's the website. It's a leading South African diversified mining and minerals company with operations in South Africa and Malaysia. Arm mines and benefit, beneficiates iron ore Magnesia ore, core, chrome ore, platinum group metals, nickel and coal, and also a strategic investment in gold through Harmony Gold Mining Company. Ooh. 
our management style supported by our values, which in turn guide the way we conduct our business. Okay, so here they just talk about the core principles, and that's important. And anything that you have, what are the core principles? What are we doing? What are we working on? Where are we going? Why are we doing it? Right? Where we operate. Our minds and beneficiaries in iron or, oh, they said that already. Structure. Arm has a long and successful history in joint ventures, leveraging all stakeholders' capabilities for better performing operations. That's important to know that. They just talked about how they work with another company for the gold. Here's Harmony Gold. See? Oh, this is really awesome. If you're not watching this on Spotify right now, you need to go to Spotify right now. Right now. I normally don't do this. But they have a structure here of the African Rainbow Mineral. Minerals, And I think it's important to see this structure. Of course, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, so maybe you'll be able to find it that way too, if you don't have access to Spotify. But it's a breakdown. It says they own 100% of ARM plat- Platinum, 100% of ARM Furious, 10% of Coal, 51% of ARM Coal, 12% uh, Harmony Gold. So these are the things that they own. Right, these are the assets, and each asset not each one, but a lot of these assets have their own individual minerals that they focus on. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, here we go, even more deliver competitive returns and create sustainable value for all stakeholders, operate our portfolio of assets safely, responsibly, and efficiently, allocate capital to value creating investments, focus on value enhancing and integrated growth. Awesome. Oh, here we go. And the board of directors, Dr. Patrice Motosepe, Mike Smith, and the rest of the crew. They have a really great, looks like they have really great people, financial director, executive director. They got a, a full team here. How many people are on the board? One, two, three, four, eight, 12, 16. And we talked about last time about governance, right? In Africa, and here's their governance statement. Our strategy is supported by high standards of corporate governance, which we review regularly to ensure robust reporting, strong relationships with our stakeholders, and to align our business with global good practice. So what they're doing here is they're laying out the structure of how they build on top of this everything is built off of the foundation in which you set and this is a really great foundation at least it appears to be i just clicked on media to see what's going on in the media cautionary announcement cool 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 okay so why why are we pulling this up what can we learn from this what's going on What, what is my mind what is the holy spirit telling me that we need to look at I want to know, because he originally got into this game by improving gold, and now his gold is through Harmony Gold, or the company is working through Harmony Gold. Well, I want to know about this Harmony Gold. That's what I want to know. Here we go. Harmony Gold. They're a shareholder of Harmony Gold. And how much are they on of it? Let's pull that back up. Was it 50%? Harmony. 
They own. They only own twelve percent. Okay. So let's look at that. Harmony Gold Mining Company. So we're going to go to another page and see this Harmony Gold that they have. Because he started off in gold. And, st- and they still make sure they have 12% ownership in a company called Harmony Gold Mining. So, <laughs> excuse me. I think it's important for us to pull it up. All right. We have the Harmony Gold website up. Who owns this? History board corporate profile. Oh, <laughs> well, isn't that something? On the board of directors, the chairman is Dr. Patrice Montesepe. Okay. Harmony board of directors has overall accountability for guiding the strategic direction of the company. Ah. Okay. This is interesting. So, who owns Harmony Gold? The reason why I'm asking this question is if you start off in gold and now his company owns 12% of Harmony Gold, was Harmony Gold something he owned before and he sold pieces of it? Or, I mean, how did Harmony Gold come to be? This is important. Because I originally, I know him as a gold miner. Not saying that's a, a right assessment, but that's how I know him. Owner of Harmony Gold. Harmony Gold is an American film. No, no, no. Harmony Gold, South Africa. Dr. Mercedes is the founder and chairman of Ubute Boto Investments, African Rainbow Capital, African Rainbow Energy, UBI general partner. He's also the deputy chairman of Salem and chairman of Harmony Gold. But who's owner? Oh, is this who it is? Peter William Steenkamp. Steenkamp. Oh. Peter Steenkamp is a member and past president of the Association of Mine Managers of South Africa and a member of Southern African Institute of Mining. Well, isn't this something? Who is the HR? Is Harmony Gold a good investment? Overall, Harmony Gold is a good company. It's a company which is slowly on the rise and could yield a good return for investors looking to buy the shares at their current low price. Okay. Well, isn't that something to not only have your companies, but then also be chairman of the board on a company that you have a 12% investment in? You got to, you really have a good stake in the game. Well, this is also interesting that they've mentioned some other companies that we didn't look at before. On Forbes, see, that's the thing about Forbes I've noticed. Sometimes they leave certain stuff out. You know, remember the LeBron James episode, inspired episode? Remember that one? And they were just leaving out the whole foundation thing. Sometimes Forbes leaves stuff out. But here it says, He's a founder and chairman of Ubute Botho Investments. Well, what is that? If you start off in gold, right? Well, you start off in a law firm, right? And then they and then they uh, they started looking into uh, gold mining. 
Let's look at this company. Okay, this is Ubuntu Boho Investments, and I'm looking on Bloomberg. Operates as an investment holding company. The company provides investment management services, asset management, board members, Dr. Patrice Montesepe. Okay, but what do they focus on? I don't think I got enough information from that. And I understand that they are holding assets, but I want to know more. Just one moment, pulling it up here. It kind of exists in the background. What was this? Here we go. It seems like the holding companies in the back, which that's what a holding company does. Holding companies tend to be something that's in the background. It's not necessarily marketed. and Most people don't even know about it, right? This organization operates in the investment services sector. It has two branches. Subsidiaries and associated companies. They're located in Santan, South Africa. Hmm. I'd like to know more about that. I'd like to know if this is the company that then owns the arm company. Why does that matter? Because structure matters. Well, here we go. South Africa's first black billionaire launches private equity firm. ARC is a subsidiary company of Ubuntu Butho Investments. Boom. See, we found a website. So this is from businesschief.eu. Uh, South Africa's first black billionaire launches private equity firm. Billionaire South African Patrice Montesepe has launched a new financial services company. The African Rainbow Capital is set to focus on investing in financial services companies. Despite being established very recently, ARC has already invested in insurance broker, Indue Broker Holdings, and special purpose acquisition company, Capital Appreciation. Patrice Montesepe is South Africa's first and only black billionaire. According to Forbes, real-time billionaire scorecard, he has a net worth of roughly $1.5 billion at the time. And now I think it's at $2.6. So congratulations to him. He's moving up. ARC is a subsidiary company of Ubuntu Botho Investments, a black empowerment investment holding company, which is the empowerment partner of Sandlam, a financial services company with which Mosasepi owns a stake of. Okay, are we starting to see... It's like uh, it's like spider webs. <laughs> it's like it's not just one thing he's in. See, on one of the past episodes, we talked about being an industry conglomerate. But you know the word that they used for him earlier was a magnate, right? I've looked that word up before, right? A magnate is a wealthy and influential person, especially in business. Yeah, but there's more to it than that. There's more to it than just that's what it is. Who's considered a magnate? A magnate from the late Latin magnus, a great man itself from Latin magnus, great, is a noble or a man in high social position by birth, wealth, and other qualities. The definition of magnate is someone who's influential and powerful in a specific field. Okay, well, I can see that. What is a synonym of magnate? Industrialist, tycoon, mogul, capital of industry, baron, lord, king, entrepreneur, 
So the other one was industry industrial conglomerates. I don't know if this is considered an industrial conglomerate as much as this is considered him strategically positioning himself in key powerful roles to make sure that he's well diversified within himself. It's going to make sense. We got to, because the other one, the, the industrial conglomerate is about the company being in multiple different industries, right? And being diversified. We talked about that on uh, the assortments, right? The assortments episode. This one is him being strategically positioned in different places, not necessarily the company. So let's look at this. This is what I'm learning. And of course, you know, if I'm wrong, I'll, you know, I'll say I'm wrong. I don't mind being wrong. Former Sandlam CEO, Johan Van Zyl, and Sandlam Investment CEO, Johan Van Deer Maria, jointly head the company while Motosepe is the chairman. Patrice Motosepe's fortune grew at the end of apartheid when he began offering services to the mining industry. He has since gone on to found companies and holds interests in a range of different metal communities. That's awesome. Okay, so there's a couple key things here that we should probably look up. So San Lam is a financial services company which Motosepe owns a stake of. Let's look that up. We're starting to see he owns different pieces of companies or has a stake in different places. Not necessarily an industrial conglomerate, which the company has stake of. He specifically, which through his holding company, so it's still, you know, still a company, but you know what I mean. Let's see. So here's Sam Lamb. He has a stake over this company. What we offer, life insurance, funeral cover. Oh, okay, we're looking at an insurance company. Financial services is what they call it, but it's really, for the most part, insurance. Okay. Uh, final financial advisor, claims, talk to us, insure, retire, invest, plan. Awesome, smart, very smart, very, very smart to be in this, this area. Our strategy, leadership, invest, investor relations. Okay, I'm just reading the bottom here. Uh, let's look at their leadership team and let's see if Patrice is anywhere even mentioned here. Because I've seen this name now, Sam Lamb, two or three times since we began this episode. Our leadership. Let's see. Oh, there he is. There he is. Deputy chair, non-executive director. Let's see what it says. Non-executive director, year 1962. Director since 2004. Dr. Mississippi has been a member of the board of directors since 2004. He's a non-executive director, deputy chair of Sandland, and a member of the nominations and, and human resources and remuneration committees. Look at him. He's just strategically placed and all these different areas where he has a stake in. And I've seen some I've seen some of these other people that were in other places. I don't want to call them out, but I feel like I've seen Abigail and somewhere else too. 
I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I, I think some of these other people are in multiple areas. Oh, this is good. So let's go back to that other article. Where did that other article go? That's uh, that's how we got here, right? The so we we went to the Yubuto private uh, the the holdings, and now it's taking us to the other companies. Forbes didn't mention all of this. They did talk about him having the private equity firm. And I still want to pull that up. We haven't even pulled, had a chance to pull it up yet. But also remember the African Rainbow Capital has invested in, in Dewey, Broken Holdings, and, cap, and a company called Capital Appreciation. So let's look that up, African Rainbow Capital. The reason why this is so important is you get to see how different billionaires structure their world and their game. And then you can decide what's best for you. So now we're going over to African Rainbow Capital, which was a private equity firm that was a subsidiary of Ubuntu uh, Investments Holding Company. Follow me here. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a wild ride. When we follow the money, it's a wild ride. Our proud what was say? UBI shareholders. Okay, so we're on the ARC website. Let's see what they say is there about us and all that good stuff. Oh, here we go. African Rainbow Capital, which was formed in 2015, is a fully Black-owned and controlled company of significant scale focusing on opportunities in South African and African financial services and diversified investments. We focus on acquiring a shareholder a shareholder in businesses that deliver exceptional returns on equity. Oh, this is right up my alley. ARC is a 100% subsidiary. Now, this is important because I'm going to share something with you. Uh, about a year ago, I had a conversation with a lawyer, attorney. I don't, I don't know the right way. And I'll be completely honest. This person is associated with one of the largest Black-owned media companies in the world. And she told me, or she was asking about kind of what I was working on and things I was doing. And um, she told me that if you weren't acquiring an entire company, then you weren't really acquiring. You were just investing, right? Well, isn't that something? Isn't that something that she said that? And I really knew she was wrong. By the way, my master's degree is in acquisitions, and I've been working with private equity firms, for those who don't know. And I've consulted for companies. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you're seeing me do, it's just a small sample of what I do, Right. I don't go around yelling that, hey, this is what I do, this is what I do. But I try to, you know, I'm I, I'm one of those people that you want on your side, right? I'm sure there's other people like me that they have on their side. I'm not saying that you have to have me on your side, but it would probably be best for you to have, you, have me on your side than against you. Because all I do is operate in truth. I try to find what the truth is and then I follow it. So if you're not on my side, then that means you might not be on the side of truth. Might not. Sometimes there's people out that are both truth seekers, but then they just can't mesh well, right? 
usually what ends up happening is people who are not on the side of truth end up pushing me away thinking that they can just you know silence me and push me to the side and i'll be a nobody and we'll never hear from him again and then they find out that they do i bring this up to say african rainbow capital focus is on acquiring a shareholder in businesses I think they really I don't know if they mean shareholder. Once again, this is in South Africa. So the way that people talk and type may be different than how we talk or type. But when they say we focus on acquiring a shareholder, what I see that as uh, owning a, a piece of equity in businesses that deliver exceptional returns on equity. So they don't have to own the whole thing. They can, right? They, they can own all of it. Let's keep reading. A Black-owned and controlled company, which was created in 2004 with its initial main purpose of building Black-controlled capital. UBI has its most significant investment, a shareholder of about 14% economic interest in Sandland. See what I'm saying? They own, this company owns 14% of Sandland, the company we just looked at. Remember Sandland right here? You got to keep up with this. This is something you might have to rewind and keep coming back. Because the way Patrice Montesepe is moving with this, we're going to be flying around. This is a little bit different than an industrial conglomerate. Although I do like the industrial conglomerates, this is a little bit more fluid. We can just fly around on this thing. The industrial conglomerate is almost like, you know, when you're out in the sea and you have multiple ships. So if they attack one ship, no worry, we got these other ships, right? That's kind of like what industrial conglomerates are doing. They got 10 ships and they're going to war type thing. The way Patrice Montesepe is kind of doing this is he's making sure he has a, a different ship in every ocean. Right? It's, it's a little different. Not saying which one is right or wrong, but what I like about each billionaire is you can strategically see how they're structuring and how they're putting together, excuse me, how they're putting together their idea of how to acquire. So UBI has the most significant investment and shareholder about 40% of Sandlam, economic interest in Sandlam, which makes it Sandlam's single largest shareholder. As Sandland's empowerment partner, UBI continues to seek opportunities to unlock value to both Sandland and UBI. From the outset, UBI's vision has been to make a difference in the lives of ordinary South Africans by being the premier Black-owned and controlled financial services entity. The first phase of realizing this vision was the accumulation of capital in partnership with Sandland. This objective now has now largely been achieved with UBI shareholding of 40% of Sandland valued at $20 billion. So Patrice Montesepe owns 40% of a $20 billion company. Well, not Patrice Montesepe. UBI, Ubuto Boto Investments, Owns 14%. Well, we got to break it down even further. Ubute Boto Investments owns 100% of 
of the African Rainbow Capital. That company that they own 100% of owns 14% of Sandland. See how that's working? Sandland has uh, their value portfolio is at $20 billion Rand. Okay. And the person who's in the mix of all of that is Patrice Montesepe, who is net worth is valued at $2.6 billion. So he's a $2.6 billionaire operating at least one of his investments that is worth over $20 billion. You got to see the full picture of what I'm trying to show you here. It's really not what I'm trying to show you. It's what God's trying to show you. The second phase has been about partially investing this capital in ARC, which continuously positions itself as a leading South African Black economic empowerment company. The biggest contribution ARC can provide to the broader community is to be a world-class company. The challenge is to firstly use the world-class base to create money for our shareholders, and secondly, to plow money back into communities to make a difference. I want to talk about something real quick from this quote. Oh, by the way, this is from Johan Van Zyl, co-CEO of African Rainbow Capital. Congratulations to Johan Van Zyl. Um, yeah, there we go. I want to pull that quote back up, please. Yeah, there it is. Uh, the challenge is to first, you, firstly, use the world-class base to create money. There are people who are chasing the money. And what we are learning from this particular study, there are people who create money. Do you see that? African Rainbow Capital creates money for their shareholders. It's two different mindsets. Some people chase bags that others create. When people say, I'm chasing the bag, I'm getting that bag, who put that bag there? Companies like African Rainbow Capital, because they created it. See what I'm saying? They're creating bags. They're creating money for their shareholders. There's another quote over here. In order to be good corporate citizen, you have to be financially strong. It is imperative to do well in order to do good. Okay, and is that the only quote? Yes. Oh, let me read the person's name. Johan Van Der Meer, co-CEO of African Rainbow Capital. Okay, so we looked at some of the quotes. This is actually a really cool company. I mean, just from the outset, I really would love to know more. Oh, here. Well, isn't that something? Here's a YouTube video about Ubuntu Botho Investments, PTI. So let's look into it. Ubuntu Butu Investments has proven itself as one of South Africa's most successful and stable broad-based black economic empowerment partners. Successful because it has created about 700 millionaires. Boom. We got to stop. I want you to follow me here. They're successful because they created how many? They created 700 millionaires. There are people out here who are chasing bags 
and there are people out here who are creating bags and you have to decide who you're going to be. See, one of my goals is to do something similar to this. How do we create a thousand millionaires? How do we do that? And how do we do that mainly in communities that have been underserved all these years? How do we do that? So what, like, when I'm reading a company and its mission and it's how it's going to do stuff, I'm always looking for well, how you create millionaires. Or it, see, whenever I'm talking to multi-millionaires, even like the uber wealthy, a lot of times what they're doing is trying to figure out a way to create money for themselves. Not even create, how to get money for themselves. Whenever I'm studying or speaking to close to billion dollarnaires, they're trying to figure out, well, how do I create millionaires around me? Because if I can create millionaires around me, we'll be eating forever. And so there's a, there's a question of what do you, how do you want to think? Do you want to think of someone who's going to go rush and go get the, go get the bag and go get the money? And I've, I've, I've talked to those people and I just don't like the frequency. Completely, just being completely honest. But let's continue looking at the video. About 700 millionaires, stable as it built an asset base of over 30 billion rand. And all of that over a 15-year period. Let's start at the beginning. Ubuntu Wutu was set up in 2004 when a broad-based BEE consortium acquired an 8% shareholding in Sunlum. At the helm, we had Dr. Patrice Mutsipe, chairman of Ubuntu Butu, as well as African Rainbow Capital, a newly formed black empowerment investment holding company, which is 100% owned by Ubuntu Butu. The starting point is very simple. Build Ubuntu Butu and its subsidiaries into world-class companies. Uh, you continue to employ the very best black and white South African management team and build value for shareholders, build value for our stakeholders, and also have an impact to make South Africa a better place for all our people. Under Dr. Mutsipe's leadership, a broad-based grouping of black individuals stood to gain from the deal. Over time, Ubuntu Butu's 8% share in Sunlam grew to 13.5%, making it the biggest single shareholder in that company. My experience has been that the company Ubuntu Butu grew beyond my expectation. Patrice Msebe gave us the shares and we were business people already because of that. This is key. This is key. Let's go back. She said something there and, you know, there's people giving you this advice, people writing newsletters and letting you know that of, of how, how they see the world. Here's a real life example of potentially a, a different way to view it. I'm going back about 30 seconds to hear what that lady said one more time. Patrice Mzebe gave us the shares. This lady, uh, I, I don't want to mispronounce her name. No, Nana, Nana La McKenzie is a Ubote Botho shareholder. She's also a businesswoman. 
from what she just said, they were given shares. Now pay attention to what I'm saying here. Because everybody's always talking about how you got to bring money to the table and you got you to have something to bring to the table is what they say. But every time I look around at like the real case study, that's not what usually happens. It usually, what happens is your character gets you into the room. Your character is what does it. And then these billionaires or someone with a billionaire mindset says, we're going to bring you, bring you, bring you, bring you. We're going to do this. 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 And they start cutting it out. And it's really less about what you bring to the table, right? It's really about you've already been doing the work. And if anybody deserves this, it's you. You know, that's something else that was recently told to me by that same attorney. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. That's not true. Here's proof. Let's continue the video. And we were business people already. Because of that, our business boomed. Dr. Mutsipe is in partnership with a number of co-shareholders, including nine provincial companies which house the shares of individual shareholders. The value of each of the nine provincial companies has grown from on average 250,000 per provincial company to over 200 million each. The investment companies of trade union Satu and Nahau. Various religious and faith-based entities which include prominent churches and which have grown to about 234 million rand. Women's Trust, which grew in value to about 117 million rand. Youth Development Trust, which grew in value to about 117 million rand. Not knowing much about investment, most of it didn't really make sense. All that I cared about was that here's somebody who's coming in and is taking young people, young women, and wanting to put them in business space. Remember, if it makes an impact to my children, that means my grandchildren are benefiting. I'm proud to be part of Ubuntu Boto. My greatest uh, pleasure is to see Ubuntu Boto developing in the manner in which it is, uh, because it is fulfilling the major gap that exists between talking and doing. The success of Ubuntu Boto, the success of African Rainbow Capital, translates into creating value for shareholders. The, the shareholding increases, but we also have other roles that we play. People's material standards of living are important, values, ethics, norms are equally important, and religious and faith-based organizations have an important role to play. Values, ethics, norms are equally important. And People's values and ethics are equally important to somebody's capital. Does anyone hear that? Because not only do you want to invest, you want to invest in good soil. You want to be sitting next to people that you can truly feel proud to sit next to. You can't sit, sit or stand next to just anybody because there's money involved. You can't do it. You, when it ain't right, you got to walk away. 
And when it's right, you got to walk towards it. Religious and faith-based organizations have an important role to play in uh, contributing towards uh, the sort of ethical norms and values that uh, makes us upright, honest, and, and trustworthy people. That's a really great breakdown. I, I really like... Ubuntu Butu. I really like the way they did that. So their values are respect, integrity, accountability, and excellence. All right. So now we're looking at their governance and might even look at their about. Uh, for those who have may have forgotten, we're on the African Rainbow Capital website, but it is... 100% owned by Ubuto Ubuto. So that's why you're hearing a lot about Ubuto Ubuto. Because Ubuto Ubuto is just the holding company. So the, here's their governance statement, their board members. Let's see if I see any repeats. I saw somebody. I feel like I've seen her before. Dr. Rejo- Rejoice. All right. And about us. Oh, this is awesome. I'm glad we got a chance to study Patrice Motosepe. Okay, so I think we've caught up now. Now, did we look at everything? I know he's still, we still got to get into potentially the football thing. We might not be able to get into that today. Okay, so I think we covered the main thing. But there was also, here we go. Here it is. Dr. Mosesepe is a founder and chairman of Ubuto Ubuto. See, if when we were on Forbes, Forbes does not mention Ubuto Ubuto. Why, why is that important? Because Ubuto Ubuto is the foundation of it all. It teaches you about having a holding company. <laughs> Sometimes Forbes be missing stuff, and I don't think it's on accident. They'd be trying not to give up the whole game. But here on How to Acquire a Podcast, we are. You have to know about the Buto Buto. You have to, in order to fully understand what's going on here. So Ubuto Buto Investments, African Rainbow Capital, we looked at that. He also owns African Rainbow Energy and Power, and then also UBI General Partner Pro- Pro- Proprietary Limited. Okay, so let's look at this one real quick. This is so good. I hope you're catching this. Oh, and just to think. Just think how it all started. Okay, so let's look at this. African Rainbow Energy and Power. This is not even listed on Forbes. So here it is. It's a leading African energy company focused on, focused on what? What was it focused on? Pulling up now. Give it a second. Give it a second. African Rainbow Energy and Power. What's it? It said it was focused on something. Let's go to the About Me. Building an African Energy Champion based in South Africa. Uh, oh, focus on clean energy solutions, including renewables, hydro, gas, and complementary. Transmission investments. One of the main objectives of 
AREP is to provide affordable energy solutions in South Africa. Shouldn't we know about this? Oh, look at this. Breakthrough Energy Ventures. What is that? It could have said it's a... <laughs> Boy. <laughs> you, you, see, you, when this is why people bring me around. Because you need to know the full story. Because a lot of people are out here. Look at, look at Patrice Montesepe sitting right there. African Rainbow Energy Empire. Why am I mentioning this? Because on Forbes, it doesn't mention this. <laughs> Do you, look at it. On Forbes, they don't say anything about energy and power. You got to dig. And see, there's some kids right now that are reading Forbes saying, oh, look at Patrice Montesepe. He owns African Rainbow Minerals. Oh, and now he's part of the football. And it's just like, oh, he does two things. You got to dig. This guy is in about eight to 10 different things of value. You got it. it, There's more to the story than what Forbes is telling you and what these um, these attorneys at these big magazines are telling you. There's more to the story. You, You can't just listen to the conventional thinking. You need to think for yourself. If you haven't learned anything else from this season of of how to acquire, you have to think for yourself. African Rainbow Energy and Power, let's pull that back up. Right there. He is a chairman. Look at it. I'm not making this up. Oh, this is so good. So good. So now, why does this matter? Because I want you to understand now he's in energy. He's in minerals. He's in financial services. This is. <laughs> and we're just getting started. Invested in 740 MWs across nine projects of geographic and technological diversification. Beautiful. I love it. I, I really, really appreciate the moves that he's making in South Africa. So when we were on the homepage of AREP, I went down to the bottom. Or maybe that was the About Me. When I was on the About Me page, I went down to the bottom and it said Related Websites, Breakthrough Energy Ventures. That's what it said on the website. So then I clicked on that and now it brought me here. Now, I don't know if this has anything to do with Patrice Montesepe, but if it does, my goodness. They didn't mention this on Forbes at all. Let's look at who this who this is. They keep asking me to. Oh, Bill Gates. Ah, what is Breakthrough Energy? This is Bill Gates. Established in 2015 by Bill Gates and a coalition of private investors. A coalition of private investors, huh? I wonder if Patrice is part of that. Concerned about the impact of accelerating climate change, Breakthrough Energy supports the innovations that will lead the world to net zero emissions. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So let's see if we can look at the team and see if Patrice has anything to do with this. That's awesome. It just, it's good to see. Okay. I don't see, I don't think he would be on that team. Okay. Leadership team, executive administration. I think it would be more like a board of directors. I don't know if that's listed here. Europe partnerships. Oh, maybe they were just partners. 
Oh no, that's people in partnerships. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be listed here. If if anybody, okay, don't see Patrice anywhere. But they did have this listed on the other company, on the African Rainbow Energy Power. Interesting. Okay, so portfolio overview. I think we did that already. Yeah, they're looking at the map here, and look, I wonder how many people they're serving. Right? I mean, they're serving a huge amount of people in that country. The difference between a uh, can I pull that up? There was this video I was looking at the other day. I was just sometimes I'm riding around or just sitting, and then an idea will come. And when I say an idea will come, like a like a video will come to me, or a magazine, or a newspaper, or the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up, it's not about the money. You'll see in a second. There was this video that popped up. I want to see if it pops up again. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is it right here. Yep, see, I was looking at it. It's only three minutes long. So let's see if we can dive into this. Riverside, Riverside. Let me uh, mute that real quick. This is going to be interesting. Because when I was looking at it, I said, this is a really interesting way of looking at it. Let's see what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the mom likes it. You know, mom likes anything that kids do. Come up with an idea or service. If you can't be free. And give credit to Dan Locke, he uh, published this video. Well, part of the, uh, the mechanics and the mindset come up with an idea or service. If you can't be first, you got to be different. And if your idea in your mind can change a billion lives, i.e., like uh, Facebook. Okay, you'll be a billionaire or you'll be a long ways towards being a billionaire. Mm. Most most people don't understand just because they come up with an idea doesn't mean anybody else is going to like it. Mm. Okay, they, they haven't done any testing whatsoever. They haven't done any, uh, I don't like to say, use the word focus groups because it's overused. Due diligence. Due diligence, absolutely. Yeah. They, they don't know. They just, their wife likes it. Maybe their cousin likes the it. Their mom likes it. Yeah, yeah, their mom likes it. You know, mom likes anything that kids do. So something that it's big enough to impact millions or billions of people's lives. Correct. And now back then you were saying healthcare and telecommunication, which is also the internet. Still, healthcare and healthcare represents in America, represents almost 20% of GDP, gross national product. And uh, the, uh, and it's still, my, people my age don't want to die. Mm. Okay. Mm. So we'll spend whatever it takes. Mm. And, uh, and now, of course, telco has expanded into internet. And, you know, every single day, there's a new internet product. So we'll stop right there real quick. Uh, I don't want to play it all the way through. I might fast forward another 15 seconds or so and, and uh, listen in. The difference between a millionaire and a billionaire, what they're talking about. And this is uh, Dan Locke with... Uh, Oh, they didn't put his name. I can't remember his name at this very second. They might have put it on the thing. Oh, I can't remember his name. What is his name? Uh, it's not in the uh, show notes. But this is Dan Locke having a conversation with one of the premier uh, thinkers in the business world. Oh, here we go. There it is, Dr. Dan Pina. And they discussed a shocking difference in mindset between millionaires and billionaires. And now you can develop the millionaire mindset or even a billionaire mindset. There's nothing wrong with a millionaire mindset. 
Nothing wrong with it. It's just, it just not the same as a billionaire mindset. We have to know the difference. And we're looking at Patrice Motosepe, right? And we're looking at all the different things. That's a billionaire mindset. If I put up some millionaires, you would see that it's not, it's not the same, yo. Like the way that they move, the way that it's just not the same. Those millionaire mindsets are, remember Patrice and them, they built 700 uh, millionaires, I think it was. Most millionaires are creating thousandaires. That's different. Do you see what I'm saying? A lot of millionaires are allowing thousandaires to be out there. You know, someone with 200,000, you know, salary or whatever. And of course, now we have the uh, Google and we have, uh, you know, all the ancillary uh, social media tools. Uh, and so now it's it's still those two areas. And of, of, of telco stroke Internet, the hottest, hottest, hottest thing on the planet right now is cybersecurity. Because every time President Trump, rightly or wrongly, rattles his saber, you know, against the guy in North Korea or the guy in Syria or Putin, the cybersecurity companies go bonkers. So cybersecurity is extremely hot. And I found that throughout the, I think back then, my vision was very limited when I went to the castle. All I wanted is to kind of make enough money to be... uh, what's the term, lifestyle entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Just a uh, laptop lifestyle. And f- after the castle expanded my thinking, I wasn't thinking of billions, but I was thinking, oh, maybe a million and up. So I, I wasn't thinking like that big overnight. But over time, I think it shifted where it's interesting now, I'm actually focusing less on the, the just the, the dollar amount, but I'm focusing on what I do and how to impact more. The money just comes. It rolls in. It just rolls in. And back in those days, you weren't a, a, a gifted public speaker like you are now. <laughs> I, I mean, broken English. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bro- very not, broken English, yeah, by not, the way. Not many of these kids. <laughs> oh, shit. Then. Oh, it was, yeah, it was yeah. bad. It and, was uh, fucking bad. But now you've developed into a, a great public speaker, and you've got a great presence, and you're talking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you're of the age where a lot of people listen. Mm. Like, you know, a lot of people, um, they, uh, they listen to me, he's a cranky old Neanderthal, you know, that doesn't, can't say a sense without saying fucking it, you know, but, but the, the point is, the more younger people uh, that uh, pass on the message of being all you can be, uh, the more my message really uh, is spread. And- I think it's a really cool thing. It popped up on my uh, YouTube the other day, right? So let's get back to what we were talking about, then we'll, we'll head out, and then I'll see you on the next season right some of the key takeaways dig deeper than what forbes or these main media companies are telling you right when we look at what uh dr machisepe actually owns we have to dig a little bit deeper we're not even done i mean there's even another company ubi general partner let's look at that real quick and just see what that's in because we've seen financial services energy Minerals. Oh, man. Let's see. UBI General Partners. Oh, is that the law firm? South Africa. They don't have their own website. Oh, here it is. The general partner. The general partner of the ARC fund is the UBI General Partners Proprietary Limited, which is responsible for the day-to-day management. Wow. 
<laughs> this company is in, in charge of the day-to-day management of the African Rainbow Capital Investments. It, this is beautiful, how it all weaves and moves. Oh, this is underneath their governance. So if you, that UBI is right, is listed in here. ARC Investments only has one employee, which is the chief financial officer. So the ARC Investments has one employee, and then they they bring in a company like UBI, Proprietary Limited, which is responsible for the day-to-day management of the ARC fund. Uh, the limited partner is a passive investor. The general partner is 100% owned and controlled by UBI, and accordingly in a Black-owned, Black-controlled company. It's beautiful. It's really great. It's a, it's, a, it's a great look at a full game here. This is the stuff that when I was a kid, you knew it was happening, but you couldn't put all the pieces together. And I'm so glad we're able to hopefully put some of the pieces together of how I want you to start thinking. I want you to get out of this mindset of me, 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 me. And get into the mindset of how can I make a thousand millionaires? How do I make a thousand? How do I create money? How do I make a thousand millionaires? Because there's people running on stages. There's people running on radio stations. There's people running on TVs. There's people running on on, uh, news. and, And they're telling you that they're a millionaire. I'm saying, how many millionaires can you create around here? And then every once in a while, you'll create a few billionaires to sit next to you too. Not everybody's going to be a billionaire. But how do you create more millionaires around you? That's the que- These are the questions you should be asking yourself. How do you impact a billion people? And we didn't even get to the end way broker holdings that ARC invested in. Let's click on that real quick. This is the season's finale. So I'm just trying to make sure we give you as much as possible before we head out. So here's another company that Patrice has his hands in. Investing in the future of our country. Anyway, is a proud level. What did it say? Level something. Personal insurance, business insurance. So another uh, insurance, uh, financial services. Now I wonder... With this company, is Patrice's name on this? Or will it kind of be hidden somewhere? He may not be directly tied to this. Oh, there it is. Yeah, our shareholders. Much has changed in 100 years, and so has Indway. While we have a long, proud history of innovation and services, we also value transformation. The business we are today is not the same from 1903. While our shareholding may continue to change, what will never is our commitment to our clients to provide advice that they can trust. So look, it's owned by Santam, Sandlam, and ARC. So you don't even have to put Patrice's name on it. The companies now speak for themselves, right? So you're not going to probably see Patrice Motosepe's name on everything. Oh, here it is. Taking advantage of opportunity to expand African Rainbow Capital, ARC. ARC is a wholly subsidiary of Ubute Buto Investments. 
acquired a major shareholder of Indway with 25% belonging to Sandlam and Santam retaining 24%. Does everybody see that? When you acquire, you don't have to own the whole company. Sometimes owning 12% of something is significant enough. The key is really access. You know, this thing reminds me of, because Patrice got his start in gold. And there's a really great scripture. Come out as pure gold. He went through, he went through the fire and he he came out as pure gold. And it's very fitting, very fitting that not only did he come out as pure gold, but he got his start. He got his start in gold. He knows the ways I take when he has tried me and I shall come out, come forth as gold. He knows the ways that I will take. When he have tried me, I shall come out as pure, pure gold. There is, for those who don't know, let's look this up. Gold goes through fire. Let me show you something. Sometimes you think something's gold until the fire hits. Once the fire hits, we get to find out if something's gold or not. Let's see. Easiest way to see if gold is real. Will that talk about fire? Hey, Reggie, come over here for a second. I want to show people something. Take a look at this, guys. This is a Paddock 5980. That's right, a 5980. Hey, everyone. Um, Let's see if they use fire. Another rose gold rope chain. So, as you can see. Oh, no, they're not using fire. If you want to know if gold is real, will it go through the fire? Gold fire test. Here we go. <laughs> Let's see. Who has a fire assay method for gold purity testing? Yes, show me show me gold on fire. This is how Patrice Montesepe you have or you're planning to open. This is how Patrice Montesepe got into the game by taking underperforming gold mines and making them profitable. It all started with gold. And expand it from there. The fire assay center, you already know that testing gold purity and hallmarking of jewelry has become mandatory to ensure consumer protection against malpractice. Gold purity is measured in carats. So for example, 916 indicates 22 carat and denotes the purity of gold in the final product. For the gold fire assay application, 
to ease the gold purity testing process and ensure compliance with gold hallmarking laws. We help fire assay centers improve their business and set up a proper certificate. I want to see more. Gold. This video will give examples of careers in precious metals using statistical analysis explained in three basic steps. Preparation, collection, separation. Sample preparation is generally first done by grinding or milling samples into a fine powder. This is done so that the sample can be thoroughly mixed with dry powder chemicals used in the next step. Initial samples are sometimes evaluated by another method such as XRF to provide a rough indication of the composition to help determine the amount of reactant chemicals to add. The precisely weighed sample and dry reactant chemicals are then thoroughly mixed together. The collection step is called crucible fusion as the mixture is heated in a crucible, which is a ceramic or metal container used to heat contained samples to very high temperatures. The mixture is heated until all the powders fuse together into a glass-like slag where a complex series of reactions then occur to collect all of the precious metals in an alloy. The classic example is lead fusion, where lead oxide reacts in the molten slag and is reduced is removed from the slag. The lead serves to collect the precious metals. Metallic samples can be processed by fire assay using lead rather than lead oxide. The samples are wrapped in lead foil to provide the lead collector. Silver is sometimes also added to help completely dissolve the sample into the lead alloy for cupellation. Platinum group metals are much more difficult to analyze using fire assay. Other metals or metal compounds such as copper or nickel sulfide are sometimes added as collectors when platinum group metals are present. The third step in the fire assay process is to separate the precious metals from the collector. The separation step is called cupellation as the precious metals are separated from the collector in a cupel. A cupel is a porous ceramic vessel which is typically a shallow cup made of porous bone ash or calcium phosphate. When lead fusion is used, the lead alloy bead is placed into the cupel. Here's a specific video. Do you want to know the secret to making? Here's, a, here's another video on gold. We'll, we'll head out after this. Baker mining the metals. And when that forms, because we have such a basic slag from our soda ash, we have put a lot of soda ash to absorb that. So what I've done on this next. I want to see some fire. There we go. There it is. A little bit of base metals that we can collect it all down at the bottom of the crucible. And then again, in the cone mold without using any lead as a collector metal. There's a the fire. Look at it. See that? When you're looking for gold, you got to go through the fire. When you come out, when it comes out, if it's gold, it will come out as pure gold. And if it's not gold, we will know.
God tests the righteous to see <laughs> will will you come out as pure gold? Are you really who you say you are? So when the test comes, be ready. When I first started this episode, I really thought it was going to be all about gold mining. I really did, because that was my idea with Patrice. I had no clue about all the other stuff. But no matter what he's gone through and what he's doing, he's coming out as pure gold. I love it. It's such a... It's such a deep thing. We will come out as pure gold. Look at this. There's so many great videos on it. Where should we end this season? This feels right. This feels right. Don't complain. Just trust God. Uh, Verse number two says, even today is my complaint bitter, my worshipers. And uh, the Lord showed himself strong. <clears throat> and so, uh, and, and Elijah, uh, you thought he was, a, he was a great, mighty man. He was great and mighty until he heard of a lady by the name of Jezebel. I can't get up. <laughs> Today, just keep on walking the walk. Keep on uh, stepping by faith. Keep on doing what you know is right. Keep on living by the way of the Lord. Keep on trusting his word. Keep on walking the walk. Keep on doing right. Keep on treating your brothers and sisters right. Keep on uh, telling the truth even when things are hurting you sometimes. Keep on believing God. He said, just walk the walk. Somebody say, walk the walk. And finally, what Job tells us, not only uh, do you walk the walk, but let's say Job tells us to talk the talk. Somebody say, talk the talk. Verse 12 says, neither have I gone back from my commandments of his lips. He says, I have in, 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 esteemed the words of my mouth more than my necessary food. So I'm trying to tell you, brothers and sisters, keep on walking the walk and talking the talk. See, the thing is that sometimes when the enemy comes, it looks like it's not going to happen, but keep on talking the talk. Anybody a witness in the house? You may not have rent money, but God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. You may have confusion in your house, but peace I leave with you, not the peace that, that the world gives you, but let not your heart be troubled. You might be sick in your body, but keep on talking the talk. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver them from them all. You may be depressed, but keep on talking the talk. God is the lifter up of my soul. So you got to talk this thing out. So if you keep on walking, somebody say walking. If you keep on talking, I want you to know the Lord's going to work it out, and you shall come through as pure gold in the midst of unemployment. All right, I'm going to be straight up with you. I pay. I'm just looking at all this really great content on pure gold. Get all the things out of me for me to be pure gold, but I know when it's over, I shall come forth as pure gold and every contaminant that would contaminate my worth or value will have burned off in the process, but not me. Gold don't burn, baby. Dross burns. Gold doesn't burn. It may melt. It may become softened. But it will never burn. 
because it's gold. So if God allows me, Job says, to put me in the fire for a while, he's only trying to burn off those things that would weaken my value, and I shall come forth as pure gold. Now, I know Job is not the first book in the chronological order of your Bible, but it is the oldest book in the Bible. And from the book of Job to the last writings in the book of Revelations, there's a consistency of understanding. Take a minute and look at Revelations 2, 8 through 11. And the Bible says, and the angel of the church in Smyrna, unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, write these things, saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know that works. And tribulation and poverty. But thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews, and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation. This is what I love. Ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death. It's the 10 days that gets me happy. Maybe the 10 days didn't get you happy, but the 10 days gets me happy. It's good to know that before I get in it, God has already given me a schedule to come out. Some 